0: Welcome to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. In this program, Marty discusses waterfowl and upland bird hunting, as well as the clay target shooting sports, with some of the top industry leaders and shooting pros from around the world. If you're just starting out or you've been hunting and shooting for years, we'll have wing and clay target news and information that you can use. Now, here is your host, Marty Fisher.
1: And welcome to what in my neck of the woods is an absolutely beautiful spring day uh wow you know um, i wish every day was like this uh, it is really 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 nice here and boy what unprecedented times we are living in now and i'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time you know talking about uh, what's going on i, I mean you know it, it it's on the news plenty uh i will say uh just listen folks listen to what uh uh, what what these experts are saying? Uh, keep your hands out of your mouth. Wash your wash your hands. I, I've I've honestly washed my hands more in the past few weeks than I probably have in my entire life. But um, uh, you know it's uh you know, this thing is real, and if we'll do our part, we're going to be fine. You know we're going to be fine. You know, and uh, got to let you know. You know our show as always br- great sponsors are brought to you by. My sponsor partners: The Crushable Vault, Negrini Cases, ESP Electronics Shooters Protection, Dogtra, and Etowah Valley Game Preserve and Etowah Valley Sporting Place. Now, I've got I've got a couple of great guests today. Uh, the first one I'm going to have will be Alex Baker. Ba- Baker, Alex Baker. I know an Alex Baker. Alex Becker from Etowah Valley Game Preserve in Dawsonville, Georgia, about an hour or so north of Atlanta. And if you're a regular listener to the show, you have you have obviously heard me talk about the Ottawa Valley product and more. Uh, uh, they're absolutely terrific. My second guest after after uh, Alex is going to be Greg Elliott from Indiana. Uh, now Greg is he's not a world class shooter. He's not a calling champion. What this guy is, he's a parent. He's the father of Sergeant Christian Elliott, one of. America's very finest international skeet shooters. Now, I know I've got a bunch of listeners who have young kids that are getting into shooting. Could be through 4-H, AIM uh, with the ATA, SCTP. You know, some of these kids are prodigies. Those kids that have shooting skills that are truly remarkable. It's just amazing. And and Christian Elliott, uh, you know, Greg's son, was one of those kids. So Greg and I we're going to we're going to take some time and kind of follow that family journey and uh, and and give you folks who who have kids or grandkids who are up and coming in the shooting world an idea of what it takes and I promise you this is going to be a very very eye-opening conversation. First of all, <clears throat> real quick, Wing and Clay News brought to you by the Crushable Vault. And you know If you're like most hunters and shooters, you're transporting your guns to and from your hunting and shooting destination, and when you do, security is always an issue. Let me introduce you to the Crushable Vault, the number one soft-sided gun case in the world. The Crushable Vault looks like luggage, but it features a unique interlocking cable system that will totally secure your guns to a solid locking point in your vehicle. It's made in the USA. Crushable Vault gives you a peace of mind that your guns are always secured. Do me a favor, check them out. Crushablevault.com. See something you like there when you get to check out? Just type my name in the promo code box, put Marty in there, and you'll get an instant 10% off. That's Crushablevault.com. Now, Wing and Clay News, as I was saying, okay. Uh, we talked about the previous show, talked a little bit about the new federal. Well, they are now offering that in a 1300 foot per second uh, load, one ounce, seven and a half and eight. They call it top gun sporting. Uh, That's something to to be on the lookout for. And Hey, this is happening around the country, but I just happened to read one across the, uh, across the wire this morning. Uh, The state of Pennsylvania is closing all the game commission shooting ranges. Well, That's going to, like I say, that's happening everywhere. So, you know, there's some shooting available still, but make sure you check if you want to go out and shoot, especially if you're going to a range that's owned by a government or leased to an operator by the government. There's a good chance that that operation might be shut down, at least for the time being. Uh, Ducks Unlimited, uh, you know, they had um, in the spring, they have their DU Expo, which they have at the Texas Motor Speedway. Well, that's been moved to the spring of 2021. And we'll give you the dates when we have them. Pretty much everything in the clay target world, tramp, skeet, sporting clays, postponed, canceled. Um, I monitor this stuff on a weekly basis, and we'll have info for you as soon as we get it when they make decisions on dates. So, hey, <clears throat> that's about it in that, that side of the world. But let's do this. Um, I'm going to introduce my first guest this way. If you're an upland bird hunter, chances are, you are always looking for the next great place to hunt. If you live in the Southeast, or if you're planning a trip to the Atlanta, Georgia area, get in touch with my good friends at Etowah Valley Game Preserve in Dawsonville, Georgia. You know, they're about an hour north of Atlanta in the beautiful foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains. They've got a great clays and feathers package where you can shoot 50 sporting clays targets in the morning, have lunch with your guide, and then head out to the field for some great upland hunting for quail, pheasants, chucker you know, your choice. Here's the best thing, too. If you want to bring your own dog, you can do that. Etowah Valley Game Preserve have great people, beautiful grounds, and fast-flying birds. So book your hunt today. Probably going to be for next year now, but give them a call or check them out at etowahvalleygamepreserve.com. Now, with that introduction, I would like to welcome from Etowah Valley Game Preserve, Alex Becker, Alex, how are you, my friend? Welcome to the show.
2: thank you, Marty. I'm doing well. How are you, sir?
1: I am doing. I'm doing great. I, uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of uh, self quarantined uh, early in the morning. I'm self quarantined in the turkey woods these time this time of year, and uh, that's probably the safest place I can possibly be. But other than that, I'm, uh, you know, kind of stuck in my uh, in my studio office and uh, you know where I'm doing the radio show today and. And, um, you know, trying to take care of myself. And, and uh, I did want to ask you, how, how are you and the family doing up in uh, up North Georgia? You're pretty close to, to Atlanta.
2: Yeah, we're doing good. We're doing good. We're just trying to, uh, you know, stay healthy, stay safe. And, you know, just keep our distance from everybody. But still uh, trying to uh, finish out the bird season. Uh, you know, uh, we've only got like five or six days. You know, we close at the end of the month. So we're just trying to run a few hunts. You know, and uh whatnot, I have sustained a few uh cancellations due to what's going on, but you know we've got a lot of people hanging on, you know the social distance is there, and we're keeping everything clean that way people feel safe and come up and enjoy uh, some bird hunting right here towards the end of the season
1: well i'm I'm really happy to hear that because you know the one the one thing that that you know I'm not doing is I'm not shutting my life down you know i mean if if I had a hunt scheduled you know, I would make sure, like you say, that the social distancing and everything is like it should be and the and the facility is right, but I'm still going. You know, I, oh, yeah. I, that's, that's just me. So, you know, like you say, you've got a few days left in the season, but let, let's, you know, give me a little overview. How how was your season? How, how were things?
2: Well, it's been a good season. It's been a strange season, that's for sure. Um, dealt with a lot of weather issues this year. Probably only got really rained out, rained out about eight to ten days. You know, I got a little bit of rain earlier this week, kind of dampered a few things. But, uh, you know, one day was open already. The other day, you know, we just rescheduled some stuff and uh, whatnot. But, you know, all in all, I've had a good season. We've uh, we've put out uh, quite a few birds and uh, about empty on birds, just trying to do these last few hunts that I've got. Got a few towers this weekend, and then I got one more scheduled next Tuesday afternoon and that should finish me out on the towers and uh, uh, whatnot and just trying to put out some quail and some other birds for some people that's got some field hunts so just uh, just trying to make the best of uh, this situation and just keep everybody safe and get them out here on some birds right here towards the end and look forward to having them uh, next season
1: Well, you know, it's, uh, yeah, you know, it's, I mean, it's gotten, it's gotten a little bit warm down here in South Georgia, but you're up, you're up there, uh, you know, where, you know, you can, you can see the mountains off in the distance and, you know, it's, uh, you know, around Dawsonville is always, you know, you know, really nice, cool weather, a little bit cooler than it's going to be in some parts of the, uh, some parts of the state. Now Now, you've got... You've got, a. if you go to your website, you know, mm-hmm. com, you go there, you know, and you click on packages. Boy, I mean, you've got a number of different things that you offer. Uh, talk to me about what are the most popular ones that, that, that your hunters tend to choose? Which, which ones do they really like?
2: Well, I do, do a lot of half-day guided hunts and a lot of half-day self-guided hunts. But bar none, my most popular package is going to be the clays and feathers where they started our uh, sporting clays park in the morning, like you said earlier, and uh, have 50 targets per man, golf cart, have lunch with the guide. You know, sometimes the guide will sit down with them. A lot of, at least the guide is there chit-chatting with them while they eat. And then as soon as uh-huh. they get done eating and I'm alerted, then we get the birds put out for them and we get them headed out there for a bird hunt. But, you know, I do a lot of those, and I do those Wednesday through Sunday with conjunction of when the Clay's Park is open. Um, but I do a lot of those, and I've done, past couple of years, I've had a, a big calling on uh, all-day hunts. I've been doing quite a few all-day hunts this season and last season. And then last season, I uh, came up with a new package um, with my parents, just talking to them, and we do this extreme quail hunt where got a set price and you get double birds and it's a half day guided hunt. And instead of 12 quail, you get 24 quail per man. And that's wow. starting to become more popular. Um, a lot of people like that. And, uh, you know, cause it's big cubbies, you know, if you've got four guys out there hunting, we'll put a hundred birds out there for them to shoot at. And, mm-hmm. uh, they, they have a big time.
1: Well, that, and that's, you know, and look, I mean, these guys, they, they want to shoot. So the, so if, if you can say, okay, instead of 12 and then you know it's going to be x dollars for every bird why don't we just do a package that's got 24 and uh and you guys are just going to go have a blast so i mean that's a that's a great idea now the one thing i i really promote on this show because i i know you know i've been to so many different hunting preserves and you know a lot of those folks if you say something about bringing your dog i mean they just cringe and oh no we can't possibly do that um but uh, talk to me about that real quick. Uh, how, how about bringing yeah. your own dog? I mean, that's a, that is a great idea.
2: Oh, yeah, it's a great idea. That's something that Dad has offered since day one when we opened. Um, and, it, you know, it used to be more like, you know, when it first started, it would be 30% people had their dog and the 70% we provided gu- guiding the dog. But, uh, you know, and then it bumped on up to about 60 40 And uh, I tell you, the past couple years, it's about 50-50. I do a lot of self-guided hunts, and we welcome people with their own dogs. Um, You know, it is a different feel. You know, a lot of places you go, you're out there with one of their guides and their dogs, and you've got your dog. But at my place, you know, all my fields are pinned through Google Maps. Um, You come to the lodge. You know, if you want to come back and have bird cleaning, I settle up with you when you get back. If you want to leave from the field, I settle up with you. I pin the field, get you out there, kind of brief you a little bit about the boundaries. Then my guys that are putting the birds out, they go over the boundaries when the customer's out there. You know, when your birds are out here, you know, got this hunt going on over here. Y'all are good and safe. Just hunt them up. They're within this range of the field right here. But you can hunt the whole field if you'd like to chase on any that you miss and turn them loose and go. And a lot of people like that because it's just, you know – them and their dog. And then if they have got a buddy with them, it's, you know, they got their buddy with them, their hunting partner and, uh, and their dog and they rock and roll with it. And uh, a lot of people like it, you know, and I got a lot of people that do it and they do that, you know, they'd rather just leave from the field, whether, you know, even, you know, not even thinking about this virus and everything, you know, they just like sure. the fact that, you know, I'll collect from them and they can just leave from the field. They just make contact with me. Let me know everything went good and they're locking the gate. And heading to the house, and they head well, home that's, from there. They don't even have to go by. That's
1: very accommodating on, on your part. I mean that, and that's you know that's what the customer service is all about. You know, and I and I talk about that. I you know I you know over over the over the course of the past few months. Uh, you know since since Etowah Valley, uh, you know, uh, Game reserve and Sporting Clays has been has been you know a part of this show. You know, I've always, I've always said, you know, these, these are really good, fun folks to be with, and, and, that's that, oh, yeah. that just, that just seals it right there. I mean, that is, uh, that's, that's, that's really well done, my friends. That's, that's really, yeah. really good. And hey, you know, t- talking about dogs, uh,
2: yeah,
1: dog training. You, 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 do a little bit of dog training too, for don't you?
2: I, I do, I do. I, I threatened earlier this year with all the people self guide hunting that I was going to quit doing it, but that was just a joke. But yeah. I, I do help people train their dogs, you know, and the only reason that was said is because it was just an abundance of uh, people with their own dogs right there early season. You know, <laughs> shortly after I made, I, we did the first show, you know, had a lot of people, I guess, got turned on to it that didn't know about me and they started coming. But, you know, I welcome the people with their own dogs. But, you know, I do have a bunch of great guides with great season dogs that guide for me too. So, you know, I just juggle, you know, keeping them in hunts, and keeping myself in hunts, because, you know, I've got my own dog, but, or my own dogs. Um, So, you know, I do enjoy training the dogs, because it's something to take a dog that, you know it's there, and you just introduce them on the bird, and that light switch comes on, then it's on like Donkey Kong. You get well, a <clears throat> bird, hey. and then start bringing the gun out later, oh, it's fun. It's and there's have nothing
1: like it, nothing like it. Well, look, we're, 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 <laughs> Coming up on the end of our of our segment here um and you know okay we know listen we're going to get through this virus thing okay we we know oh, that yeah. and, and so you know we got to start thinking about the fall i mean you know you, you the fall is going to be on you before you know it i mean tell me a little bit about oh, yeah. uh, about next season i mean when does your season come in and and uh, and how do people How do people get up with you, and do you have any little specials or anything like that going on? Uh, Talk to us a little bit about uh, about later this year when it when it's back on.
2: Yeah, what we'll do is like in September or uh, August, we'll we'll throw out an email. We do this preferred hunter list where it's for people with their own dogs. They uh, they um, they buy five hunts, get the sixth hunt free, and that'd be five or once you get the sixth one free, that's six single man hunts. Um, We usually look for about 40 participants in there um, for that, Um, and that kind of kicks the season off. We open that up early. We get all our old ones in that's been in there. Then we open it up, and we figure out how many new customers we can take with that package. That's really popular. That way their hunts are prepaid for, and all they got to pay is bird cleaning. Mm -hmm. And then looking forward to next season because hopefully I'll have one more field opened up that I've been working on. Um, and be working on getting a uh, another one opened up um, for the following season in the same area. So we're, we're looking forward towards that, and we're just hammering along. And uh, me and Luke, my top guy, we'll start getting fields started uh, later on in April and just get them planted in June and start growing some birds and just keep trucking from there.
1: Well, uh, and everybody can get in touch with you at awa valley game Is that, that the best way? Yep.
2: That's the best way, or you the really the best way to call me directly on my cell phone, which okay. is, and that
1: is? Mm-hmm.
2: 678-410-0983. And you can get me anytime at that number right there.
1: All right, buddy. Well, listen. I appreciate your time. I know you've uh, you know you got some got some some things coming up, some work to do, and stuff like that. It's been a, already been a long day for you. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, obviously, for being a part of this show. I mean, you've been a, a great sponsor partner, and I really appreciate it. But but thank you for your time today, Alex. And have a great rest of the season. And we'll be talking down the road about what's coming at Etowah Valley Game Preserve for the fall. You can bet on that. I appreciate it, buddy. Exactly. Thank you.
2: Hey, thank okay. you, sir. we we'll look forward to seeing you at the Park, and you have a good evening. Thanks. For All having right,
1: looking looking forward to it, buddy. Hey, guys, if you're listening to this show, there's a good chance that you own a hunting dog. You know, we were just talking about that, and as you know, there's nothing better than a properly trained dog to make every hunt really special. Now, that's where Dogtra products come in. For more than 30 years, Dogtra has been setting the standard for e-collar training technology that allows you to unleash your dog's real potential. So, whether you own a retriever, a pointer, a flusher, a tracker, or you just want the perfect, obedient pet, Dogtra has got a product just for you. Do me a favor go to Dogtra.com and see if they have a product that will help you bring out the most in your dog. My guess, they will. That's Dogtra.com. See something you like in there? Spend $200. In the little promo code box, type in WING10, that's W-I-N-G, 10, and you'll get an immediate 10% off of your purchase. Folks, that's it for our first segment. Uh, We've got a network break coming up, and when we come back, we're going to bring on our second guest, Greg Elliott. Stay tuned. Wing and Clay Nation will be right back after these messages.
0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. the experts call toll-free right now 1-866-472-5787 Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question that's 1-866-472-5787 thank you for calling VoiceAmerica.com. you are tuned into marty fisher's wing and Play nation if you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email, wingandclayradio at gmail.com. That's wingandclayradio at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show.
1: Hey, and back we are. in. And oh, for all you social media freaks out there, and uh, you know, as I say every week, uh, I've had to become one of those as much as I hate it. Uh, I'd rather be outside doing some fun things, shooting and hunting. But social media kind of is it these days. WingandClayRadio.com. That's our website. I encourage you to go there. There's some really good stuff there. Uh, If you're a Facebook person, Facebook.com slash WingandClayRadio. On Twitter, Twitter.com slash WingClayNation. And on Instagram, it's Instagram.com slash WingandClayRadio. Check those sites out. We've, We've got some great stuff there. Uh, like us share i love you to be a part of it and i want to uh bring on my next guest and i want to let you know that this this segment with uh with greg elliott brought to you by my good friends at esp that's electronic shooters protection you know if you're a hunter or a clay target shooter and this is it's a safe bet that you are do what i do protect your hearing from the gun noise get a custom-molded set of digital hearing plugs from ESP. That's Electronic Shooter's Protection. All ESP plugs are custom-made for you and only for you. And any sound of 90 decibels or more is muted to give you the best protection for your hearing. Here's the good news, though. You can still carry on a normal conversation with these plugs in. You can turn the volume up, turn it down, whatever you want to do to suit you. So, check out ESP at ESPamerica.com. I use the stealth model, and I think if you you take a look at that, you'll absolutely love it. Now, with that, I'm going to introduce a guy who has, um, like me, heard I don't know how many million gunshots in his lifetime. Uh, This is Greg Elliott. Welcome to the show, my friend. Glad to have you. Hi Marty, thanks for having me. I know listening to your show, I'm in some pretty good
3: company here, so I'll try to do my best.
1: Well, listen, you, uh, uh, you know, I, I introduced you a little while ago, and you and we didn't have you on on online yet, so you didn't get to hear this. But you know, <laughs> the one thing I said, I said, okay, now now, now here's Greg Elliott. He's not a he's not a professional clay target shooter. He's not a he's not a calling champion. You know, he's not any of that <laughs> kind of stuff. But what he is is a parent. And he's the parent of one of the very finest international skeet shooters that we have in this country, and Kristen Elliott. And and what I want to do is 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 really just, just talk about talk about the family experience that you guys have gone through over all of those years. Uh, to get to, to where we are today. Now, I, I will say, uh, um, you know, and, and I tip my hat to him and thank him for his service. You know, Christian is now Sergeant Christian Elliott, and he's not too far from me over in Fort Benning, Georgia, here across the state. Um, but, uh, uh, Greg, just a, a little bit about yourself. You know, I, I think you're a pretty competitive guy. You've got some engineering backgrounds, so you're an analytical guy. You're an information hound, I'm sure. Uh, give me a little background on you, and and tell me how how Christian even got started in the shooting business.
3: Sure. So I shot sporting clays and skeet back in the eighties. If people can think back that far, you're right. I'm an engineer and a project manager by vocation, but really over the last ten years, we've been trying to give Christian everything we could to help him uh, meet his goals to be on the USA shooting team and. Maybe even an Olympic team at some point. So, my last ten years has been all about getting him uh, every opportunity we could give him as a family to get there. Obviously, the work was up to him, but you got to have a good support team, and we tried to do what we could to to help him do that.
1: Well, as as you know, and you and you you listen to my show from time to time, you know I am really all about getting you know young kids and families involved in the shooting sports and and really the best way to do that in my mind is to introduce them to the clay target game. You know they they they'll go hunting if they want to. I mean they'll they'll take the direc- direction that they want to go. But the easiest and very safest way to do it is to go out and shoot some clays, and and you know you see that in the the meteoric growth of the youth shooting sports. You know, 4-H, SCTP, AIM, all of those. And and, and my guess is that that you got Christian involved in one of those.
3: Uh, you're exactly right. You it's like you've seen our story. But uh, we got introduced. We were ac- actually at a rifle range. Uh, he was sighting in a deer rifle, and he saw the. Uh, the trap and skeet house is just a little bit away. And he's like, what is that? And we walked in there and we um, met either right away or shortly met the uh, head coach of an SCTP team. Mm-hmm. And from that point, he was hooked on uh, shotgun sports, even though he showed up for rifles, which is great. Uh, there was something about those moving targets that made it very interesting for him. So you're right. Uh, the SCTP did its job and got another kid through the program.
1: Well, and and you know, and it and it and it really is a great program. Now, the one thing that I do know, because I I play this a lot myself, and you know, sadly, uh, you know, I didn't get introduced to the clay target game in in, in a real way. I mean, I I shot some skeet on trias traps when I was a little guy. You know, probably you know a box of shells in 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 ten years or something like that. You know, but I I didn't really get introduced to it until I was I was almost 30 years old. And so I hmm. missed all of the, the youthful exuberance of, of pulling a trigger at clays. Now I pull a lot of triggers at birds, but I missed, I missed the, uh, the clay part. But, but here's what I do know. You know, once, once you get, you know, a, 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 a youngster introduced, it's not really easy. I mean, clay target shooting is not an inexpensive sport. You know, it's not like archery, you know, you can go shoot an, a quiver full of, of arrows pull them out of the target and go shoot them again. You know, we don't get to that's do right. that in, in the shotgun sports. I mean, you pull the trigger, you get a bang, you know, and and, and that's it. That's it. That's so, right. That's right. you know, talk to me a little bit about, I mean, that's a, you, you've got to, you've got to, I guess, you know, really set some, some family goals and things like that, because, uh, you know, of course, the one thing, you know, there's, there's baseball, there's football, there's basketball, there's all of those things, but it, it sounds to me like Christian was pretty dedicated to being a, a clay shooter.
3: Oh, you're right, you're right. We, um, certainly financially, I mean, there's, there's really four key pillars that I think are um, necessary for a successful uh, chance at this sport, and certainly finances, as much as we don't want to talk about it, is certainly a real part of this, because, I mean, you're, every shot's costing your family or you, you know, at least 25 cents, depending on what you're, uh, what you're, uh, shooting. And then certainly the round of sporting or the round of clays is, you know, several dollars, seven, mm-hmm. and 10, or depending on where you go. So it adds up very quickly. And at that point, all you've done is practiced. Now you haven't gone to an event, so you've got travel and those things. I mean, it, it adds up very quickly. And I I think, not addressing that is, is a serious issue for some people trying to get started.
1: well I know when I first got into the into the clay business uh, you know that would have been 1990 um, you know I walked away from a real estate career and decided I wanted to be in the in the shooting industry and and I did that in in, in the form of being a, a, a gun club manager at a really successful place down south of Atlanta. And we would have guys come in and they would, you know, young guys, and uh, they would they would get a chance to shoot and they would come back and they were all wide eyed and smiling and said, man, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. Well, you know, you would see them, you would see them a lot for the first month. Right. And then I guess the credit card bill showed up at the house and the wife looked at it and wanted to know <laughs> So you know there there is a real balancing act that has to go with this. So when families are thinking about these things, you know, because I, I spend a lot of time around around families and kids that are good shooters because they're being given the opportunity to 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 shoot. But you know, the, as great as is is the teams are, and as absolutely wonderful as. The Midway USA Foundation is, you know, outside of those teams, those kids are still practicing. You're still shooting. You're still doing things out of your pocket. So, you know, talk about that a little bit, uh, Greg, if you would. I mean, because, you know, you've been there. And, and, and like I say, you know, I, I can sit here and talk about it, but you um, lived it. So sure. talk about that a little bit so other people can understand, you know, what may be in store for them down the road.
3: Sure. No, I mean, that's, that's the crux of it. I mean, um, I think this also speaks to uh, deliberate practice. I think as a a new parent, maybe uh, very young in the sport, they think the more I shoot, the better I'm going to be. And certainly that's uh, a reasonable thought. But if we're practicing deliberately, uh, in other words, with planning and intention to work on something, we can reduce that cost a little bit. But the reality of it is, and I'm sure if Christian hears this, he'll laugh, but My job was to load up a five gallon bucket of shells and his job was to empty them every day. So we're (laughs) shooting, you know, hundreds of rounds a day. Well, five days a week. Mm -hmm. Um, And that gets expensive very quickly. So, I mean, I do, we have, um, you know, automated loaders sitting here because we really started loading out of necessity because we couldn't get enough ammo. So we had to make our own. But uh, certainly the cost is very real. I know when I I first met Craig Hancock when we were making the transition from American ski to international ski, uh, the one thing he said that stuck in my mind, and I I thought he was wrong, he said, whatever you're practicing in American ski, double that in international. And honestly, I thought that was just an exaggeration until we started doing it, and then we realized that, uh, no, he was actually right. So we even had to start training even more. Mm-hmm. Once uh, we decided to shoot international.
1: Well, and, and for those who don't know, uh, you know, tell us who Craig Hancock is. I know, but the audience may not know.
3: I thought that was a ubiquitous name, but Craig Hancock is uh, Vincent Hancock's dad. Uh, he's, been the, he's been the outlier in international ski for the last couple of Olympics, uh, two-time gold medalist. He is really the benchmark for the Olympic ski discipline, and Craig is his dad.
1: You know, and And if if you, yeah, and if you, if you, if there's a, uh, you know, if, if, what is it they say in sports, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, (laughs) you know, (laughs) right, uh, right right now, you know, Vinny's the GOAT and, uh, you know, he's the guy that everybody wants to knock off the pedestal, you know, just like Kim Rody was on the, on the ladies side, you know, and, and we, when we would look at that and all of a sudden, you know, with all of those medals that Kim won this year, she did not, and she is all, uh, only an alternate for our Olympic team, uh, which was very surprising. But uh, there, yeah. there's a lot of work that goes into being an Olympic shooter, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that here in just a little bit. But I, I um, I I do wanna I do wanna go somewhere that I think is 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 important, and you know you and I kind of we, we mentioned this. In your mind, how how important is it? for a kid to have real talent, you know, because, you know, I, some just seem to pick it up quicker than others, but how, how mm-hmm. important is, is the talent? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I know
3: a lot of people, and I get this, right, as working with a lot of SETP kids and, and some other kids too, but they will tell you that their son or daughter is talented. And I kind of discourage them because I say, I say basically that's great, but that won't get you anywhere. So, Talent's important, and I guess I'm saying this because if you're a, a a family of a child who's just getting started and you don't feel like they have a natural talent, the good news is that only gets you so far. So I think talent is, you know, in, in shooting sports, we don't have to be strong. We don't have to be fast. We certainly need some eye-hand coordination, mm-hmm. but um, Angela Duckworth uh, wrote a book called Grit, and I think... It does such a great job of explaining that. And it says, basically, I'll put it in a sentence or two, that if you have some talent and you apply effort, you gain a skill. And then if you take that skill and you apply effort, you're going to get an accomplishment. And her goal, or her, the thing she's trying to say is, yeah, talent's nice, but if you'll work hard, actually effort in her equation counts twice, you're going to get an accomplishment over a person who has talent but doesn't work. So I think work is a great equalizer. So if your kid's not standing out as an amazing shot, uh, take heart because there's plenty more we can do to get them to be the best they can be.
1: Well, and and the the thing that I do know, and and I've been a a shooting instructor for, I can't, it's hard to believe 38 years now, (laughs) you know, and, and I've run across some kids that are just remarkably talented, just as natural as they can be. They've got unbelievable eye-hand coordination. And then I've run across some that didn't really have that, but they had a burning desire to be as good as those other kids. And that's, okay. you know, I mean, I, I, you know, if you're really searching for the best of the best, you find the ones with the great eye-hand that also have that burning desire but that's that's tough to come by, you know, you you know, they're, they're not, they're not everywhere. And, and, you know, the other thing that that happens out there is, you know, we've got, when I was coming along, there was no such thing as a shooting instructor. Mm. Now, now, now there's one around every corner, but you know, that, that, that's, that's good and bad. Um, But but I know you've got some thought on that. I mean, uh, you know, for one thing, You know, as a parent, you know, and you're in, and because Kristen got involved in this, you said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take it to the, to the next step and I want to learn to be an instructor. And then when he got in the international, you went even further with your instructor thing. But, but how hard, you know, a lot of, a lot of dads or moms that are good shots want to teach their kids. How how hard really is it for a, a parent to, to, to teach their, their own child?
3: Yeah, I think I think it depends on the inclination of the parent, but certainly if you're willing, uh, you can start getting your instruction by uh, showing up at their, let's say they start an SCTP or AIM or an organization like that. Start listening in. Listen to what the coaches are saying and start educating yourself because um, you're not going to just watch your kid. You're going to watch the other kids in the squad. You're going to pick up on stuff quite a bit. And then once you get – kind of that grounding, move on to the next level. And that could be working with, And you know, I call this role an advisor, but basically it's a coach who's not a pro, but somebody that's close. Go work with someone like that. In our case, we had a gentleman named Larry Easley. We went to see him all the time, uh, and he filled that gap between the professionals and the SCTP the whole time. I'm working with Larry and lot learning from our SCTP and then at that point that you're ready, you feel like you kind of understand, go work with the professional. And every time we've done that, the professionals were happy to let us set in and let me take notes and even our advisor to take notes. So I think it's possible, and I, I mean, that's how I did it, and I've seen other people do it. So I think there's a clear path there if you'll apply yourself. Uh, you can You can certainly try and get ahead and stay ahead of your child. I mean, at some point they're going to outrun you. But by then they're good enough that they, you know, they can make the next step without you.
1: Sure, and and, and the beauty of that, and, and you know, and, and everybody's goal is exactly that—to have their kid outrun them. You 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 yep. want you want that child to be better than you are as an instructor, and that and at that point it's time to take the next step. And I'm gonna tell you something. We're gonna talk, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about the next step, but I've gotta thank one more of my great sponsor partners here, real quick, and we're gonna finish up the show talking about those next steps that actually have taken Christian to where he is. So hey folks, if you're tired of lugging a heavy gun case, or if your case is kind of flimsy, has that little flimsy feel to it, I want you to do me a favor. Check out Nagrini cases. They're simply the lightest and toughest gun cases on the market. Nagrini has been fi- making fine cases in Italy, and you know what I checked? They're still making them in Italy. As bad as, as Italy's having these, uh, these problems with the virus, uh, Nagrini is still open and going. They've been making cases for more than 35 years. And if you own a Beretta, a Blosser, or a Kriegolf, a Pirazzi, a Browning, or any other fine shotgun, there's a really good chance that Negrini made the case that it came in. But they also make a great custom line of cases too. And that's what I use. And they are absolutely beautiful. You know, they're TSA and International Airline approved. There are many great choices of cases that have Rich Italian leather trim, beautiful inside upholstery. Uh, you check them out. They've got something that will <laughs> will really uh, uh, spark your interest, I can assure you of that. So do me a favor. Check them out, negrinicases.com. Spend a couple of hundred bucks. Type my name at checkout in the little promo code box. Put Marty in there. They'll send you free of charge a 100 round waterproof shot shell case and they'll pay for the shipping too so check them out negrini all right greg i am back to you and i want to talk you know, for the last few minutes of the show i want to talk to you about that next step because you know once once we get to the point that um you know, we're getting out of getting out of high school and all of that kind of stuff and and you know, some kids go off to college. thank goodness there are a lot of college shooting programs out there now. but but a lot of the kids that that don't do that, you know, we don't want them to stop shooting. We want them to keep doing it. but you know, Christian worked his way and 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 our good friend Jim Dunn, you know up in Indiana, you know Jim had had told me about Christian before he was, Christian Elliott the star you know he said hey we've got that we've got this young guy pay attention listen for this kid's name he's going to be absolutely great so let's talk about that I mean the next step is okay I've got some I've got some unique talent and I've worked really hard for it I'd like to be an Olympian let's talk about that what where 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 does that go Greg
3: yeah, well the easy thing I guess is that the uh the Olympic trials there are three or four depending on whether you're a junior or not. If you're if a, if you're a junior, there's a spring selection and a fall selection the the junior Olympic national championship basically and then the open championship. So those um are open to the public. So all you have to really do is be a member, have the right safety gear, things that we would normally expect for a shooting. Uh, But if you're at the point where you want to try it, um, that's sign up and go. So it's easy to start if you want to. The nice thing about USA shooting is it's all done on score base. There's no subjective piece to getting on a team. So if you show up at your very first match and you go there and you place well enough, guess what? You're a member on a national team or a junior national team, or there's a few others, a junior Olympic team and such, but uh, that, it's all you need. It's, not, it's purely based on the X's and the O's of your scorecard, and um, it couldn't be any easier than that as far as a pack. Uh, to get there takes a lot of work, but it, that's honestly that easy. The other cool thing about that is on your same squad, you may be shooting with Vincent Hancock or Kim Rody or both or Morgan Kraft, or anybody like that. Uh, uh-huh. They could be on your squad, which is really a neat thing that you don't necessarily get
1: to do in other sports.
3: Uh, but it, I mean, truly, in it's fundamental. It, there's no need to make it any harder than that.
1: Well, and and, and as I look at that, uh, you know, it, it is easy. It is easy to get there. Okay, I mean, that, that's probably the easiest uh, uh, access to uh, to a national and even potentially Olympic opportunity that I that I've ever heard. But but the get there part is a little yeah. bit tougher because the the work that you talked about is serious let, 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 so let's yeah. talk about that side of it I mean you said you know five gallon bucket of shells you know <laughs> I mean I mean let's really put that in perspective I mean talk to me how, how much did how much did, did Christian shoot I mean you you're now an advanced instructor how much if you're telling the kid you know you've got an opportunity to go here what's the path in terms of how much shooting they do how often and and uh, the mental training and all of the things that go with it Sure.
3: So I I did oversimplify that, but I want people to know that it's very easy to get into that program and to get going. So, but you're right. The piece that it takes to have the skill to be, uh, to be near the top, I guess, is quite a bit. I know um, when we first got started, you know, I've worked with a lot of kids and basically Christian was one that once he made his mind up, that's all he wanted to do. So uh, he was on the football team and played soccer. He even drag raced a little bit all those things eventually as we moved through that very quickly had to go to the wayside. So I'm not saying you have to be single focused, but you only have so many hours a day and it's, it's very tough to think you're going to do a whole lot of things. Uh, you're really going to have to dedicate yourself to this. I'm, uh, there's other things you can do, but this is serious. And like I said, we practiced five days a week, uh, several hours a day. Again, it was intentional practice, not just burning up shells. So there was things mm-hmm. we were working on, uh for weeks i mean the standard is it takes 10,000 hours basically to be world class at something and i believe that's very true um there's some shortcuts that you have by having some prior experience but it took him average 5 days a week let's just say a flat a day for well he started shooting um sctp in 2009 2013 he started shooting international and by 2014 he had made the uh the junior national team a world championship team and maybe a world cup don't quote me on that a national team and a championship team for sure uh but that was what is that from 2009 that's about five years of five days Mm -hmm. a week grinding out a flat a day i mean i'm not gonna we're not like kim roadie who shoots two flats a day i mean we we couldn't do that she's a She's an outlier, I think, in that respect, but you have to put the time in. You have to be able to shoot the ammo and also have a facility that's within reasonable distance of where you're training. I know uh, originally I listened to your show a while back about with uh, Hank Garvey and how they were traveling to go to a bunker. The Mm -hmm. same was for us. We had to travel three hours one way to get to an international ski field. We would spend the weekends there train all weekend and then we wouldn't do anything we couldn't shoot we would do stuff at home but we couldn't shoot for another week i can tell you from experience and from things that i've studied that's not a good pattern even though we may be shooting the same the uh the frequency of the training is very important so you've got to stay at this thing
1: you know as much as yeah you well can. And, and now just you know again i, I have i have a, a, a very um up, up to up to the moment, and an intelligent uh, listening audience. But a lot of folks have never seen an international skeet field. What's the difference? Okay. <laughs> well, the good news is the field
3: layout is the same, so we still have the same eight stations, um, and we shoot a clay target. And about at that point, it ends. Uh, the international skeet target itself is a. Uh, it's thicker, it's, it's, it's 110 millimeters by 25 millimeters, I believe. So it's a little shorter, a little fatter. Uh, it has to be because it's flying at about 35% faster than an American target. So mm-hmm. we have to be able to get that target out to about 68 meters, which means on average at sea level, that target's running 60 miles an hour or so, uh, as opposed to 45-ish for an American target. So target's different, target's faster the big thing, well, let me, I'll come back to that. The sequence is different. So in all, in American skeet, we get an incomer. In international skeet, there are no incomers. So it's either, it's normally an outgoing target and a pair or just a pair, uh, except for eight, which is the same as American skeet. There's also a delay. Um, you have up to, so on your, pull, on your call, the target may not come out for up to three seconds. So you can't guess. It's completely random on when it comes out. And the biggest thing that this is the uh, barrier to entry, I will say, is the low mount. So the, basically the gun is mounted from a low ready position, which means that the uh, toe or the butt pad of your gun is pretty much in your front pants pocket. So and you're you're in a ready position with a low gun, and then when the target comes out, you have to go to a mounted position and try and break the target at the same, you know, distance that you would an American target. So that if I work on kids uh, right off the bat, we're doing mounts and mounts and mounts uh, until that becomes fluid because you're teaching your non-dominant hand, I'm sorry, your dominant hand to become the non-dominant hand in this sequence or else the gun goes all over the place trying to get up to your to fully mounted. And that, that is by far the biggest difference in the sport
1: well that and that's <clears throat> and that's real I mean you, you know and, and I wouldn't recommend that somebody you know shoot this unless they got permission to do it but if you want to get a feel on an American skeet feel, you know go out to station eight and, and walk about five or six feet in front in front of it and and pull the target <laughs> and you'll see how fast it gets to you and that's and, and that's what we're talking about I mean it, it, the, the, the targets are so fast. I mean, and, you, and you, watch, you watch these really, really, really top international skeet guys when they're shooting their doubles. I mean, and it's like, pow, pow. And the targets yeah. are just lightning fast, and, and it's like, I didn't see it. Yeah. How did they see it?
3: Yeah, when I take parents or new spectators, I guess, out to a field to watch, I don't know how many times I get the question, why did he shoot twice at that same target? What they didn't realize was there was a double and they never even were
1: able to yeah. see the
3: second. Yeah, didn't game. even
1: see it. Yeah, yeah. it's so fast. Yeah. Now, yeah. you know, and, and we've got just just a, a couple of minutes left, Greg, okay. but, I, but I did, I did want to address this. Talk to me about how to play this game mentally. You know, and everybody's going to go about it in a different way, but you you not only got to have the physical ability, you've got to have the mental ability to stay in the game and and not go off the tracks and you know, and all of that stuff so what what yeah. what's a good tip for somebody to how to play the game on the mental side
3: yeah that's a great question and one that will take a lot of explaining, but in this amount of time, I think you have to look at what motivates the shooter, even though this is not a mental routine this is a key point is the shooter motivated by intrinsic things or extra, eccentric things like Am I, am I motivated by polishing my craft or am I motivated by just getting shiny things like trophies and medals? Because if you're only motivated by extrinsic things, this is not the sport for you because you don't get that many chances to medal. But I can tell you in a, if I was going to pass off something valuable to your audience, uh, we've done, I think we can say we've about done it all from the mental program, uh, getting a good foundation in, in what, this means like when we even say that what does that mean i think if you ask 15 people you get 15 different things But basically how do i manage how do i manage myself in a competition situation to where i can shoot at my peak performance and my my nerves are not causing me to shoot less than i'm capable and that takes a lot of work i can tell you that i've and i'm sure other people will argue but certainly with christian we've we've purchased programs And those programs, you know what? I don't think they fit everybody. It's a matter of knowing what to do. How do I handle the mental stress? How do I become mentally tough? If you start those in practice, I'm giving very high-level brushes, but if you'll start those in practice, by the time you get to the competition, you've been in pressure situations and you know how to get there. Um, But it's not not like I'm going to go buy a book on mental toughness or on, on the mental game read it and then i
1: pop out the other end sure yeah and that's and and that's i mean that's great advice well listen we we have just absolutely run ourselves out of time here and and what great information greg i I cannot thank you enough and and obviously i I wish christian the very 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 best and uh you know i really really do appreciate that Uh, and does christian have a website that people can look at Uh, He does not,
3: but he's part of the uh, Army Marksmanship Unit, so if you'll follow them on Instagram or the other social medias, they often post things about their shooters, so you can get it there.
1: All right. Listen, thank you so very, very much, folks. We are totally out of time. We'll see you next week. Stay safe out there. Follow those rules. Wash those hands. Keep your hands out of your mouth. Looking forward to talking with you about some shooting and hunting in the future. We'll see you next time on Wing and Clay Nation.
0: Thank you for listening to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. Please join Marty again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety channel. Until next week's show, think safety first and good shooting.